to the Fi Investors Podcast, helping you achieve financial independence through real estate investing, one episode at a time. We talk about personal finance, mindset, and real estate investing. Whether you're a rookie or looking to scale your portfolio, we're here to provide you with the tactics and actionable steps to achieve your goals. Here are your hosts, Diego Corzo and Ward Mahoney. What is up, Ward? Welcome to another Fi Investors Podcast. Today is FFF, Financial Freedom Fridays. What's up? What's up, man? How you doing? Doing well, doing well. Dude, I'm excited because uh, today we got we got to put in one of the trainings yeah. uh, for 29029. That's coming up uh, mid-October. Yeah. So anyone that doesn't know, the 290-29 is a physical competition. It's like an endurance event. Um, and basically, you have to go up Stratton in Vermont, the mountain, ski mountain, 17 times in 36 hours. 29 times. No, no, no. It's, it's 17? 17 times. Okay. Thank oh, God. that's not Thank that God. bad. Then. 17. All right. I was getting ready for that 29 times. But the 290-29, that is the elevation of Everest. Yes. And that's the vertical elevation that we're climbing by doing Stratton 17 times. Got it. Good to know. I don't yep. even know what I signed up for. <laughs> I guess I thought it was 29 times, but it was funny because uh, I got a text message from Matt King. I believe it was like last year. And he's like, yo, you want to do this? And I was like, let me think about it. He's like, you just say yes and you figure out later. And I'm like, okay, yes, let's do it. And and then we brought you in too. So Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be, yeah. it'll be a great trip. We just got to keep running. <laughs> yes, we got to keep on training. So that was one of the things that we did today. Uh, it's going to be a crazy experience, and I'm super excited. We're going to do it with like 10 GoBundance guys too. So it's yeah. going to be a great experience. Is it experience. 10? I think so. Oh, it's gonna, I, I can't wait. It'll yes. be great. It's cool. going to be awesome. But cool, today cool. for Financial Freedom Fridays, I'm super excited because today we want to hear from you, Ward, and talk to us a little bit about the journey uh, for um, – like your your first house hack, right? Yeah. And this goes for for everybody that's that's uh, here in the audience listening to the podcast. Um, the first property can change your life in in a huge way. Yeah. Because number one, it gets you to overcome analysis paralysis. It helps you in many different ways. That that's one of the, that's one of the things that we're going to talk over, um, talk about. And uh, for anybody that's looking to getting started of course with five investors we have the mastermind group right we have the rookie the five rookie boot camp right yep. of 12 weeks and uh, you're one of the coaches there and of course for anybody that wants to learn more about um financial independence and everything we have keys to fi.com for people to download the free email course that we have every every day for a week you get to get, you get uh, a new email with a lot of content on achieving financial independence. Oh yeah. Um, yes. So today we're gonna go over your first house hack and um, and and the lessons learned. So without further ado, Ward, tell us a little bit about that property. Absolutely. So my first deal, um, for a number of reasons, actually, I think probably is my favorite. A um, little bit of background. So I purchased this right at the tail end of 2020, I want to say. Interest rates were still really low. Uh, I was trying to house hack with an FHA. I was making very little money. I was only making, I was probably making 60K a year, 50 to 60K a year. Was fresh out of college. It was less than six months out of school. And I had been looking and wanted to buy my first rental property. 
under those parameters, my buy box um, was just that, a multifamily. I wanted to get in with less than $25,000 down, and I specifically wanted to buy in Worcester, Massachusetts. And I had a few zip codes um, mm -hmm. that I was looking at. And a few things I want to jump into here. So one thing that I want everyone to make sure that they're aware of is an advantage with a FHA or even conventional in a multi-unit is that what they'll do, um, if you're in my position where you're out of college or you're making, say, 50, 55 grand and you need to get pre-approved for more, what you can do is you can look at a triplex or a quadplex. You, you can go to the lender and say, hey, five market rents in, say, three of my four units. He'll actually take 75% of that income and add it towards your active income so you'll get pre-approved for a lot more. And that's the only way that I was able to get pre-approved for this house because I ended up closing on it at 480000 um, with a salary of like 50 K. Mm -hmm. So I, I had the triplex. I told them, Hey, rents were all, um, the leases were all month to month. So I was able to say, Hey, you know, rents are market rent and I want to get it pre-approved for as much as I possibly can. And that's how I was able to afford it. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome because that, that's something that a lot of people your age, you were 24, 25 when you bought it. No, I mean, I was like 22. 22 when you bought your... My first one, I think I was... Because I was 22 when I came out of school. I was either 22 or just turned 23. Wow. Damn. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So 23 years old, let's say 22, buying your first rental. A lot of people would say, oh, number one, I don't have the money. Yeah. Uh, number two, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm too young to be buying property. But you didn't let that stop you. No. So, that's awesome. And so you were able to get it with an FHA loan, putting three and a half percent down. Yep. And, and I'll, I'll take it one step further because I really had no money. Um, I had like 30 grand and I was like, I need this for reserves. So what I did, and I needed to close on it. So mm -hmm. I, I was trying to make every dollar count. So another thing that I did actually was I was able to wrap my closing costs into the loan. Mm. So I got the property at 480, but I was able to take $8,000, which were all my closing costs, wrap it back into the the loan itself, the mortgage. So I actually, the, the value of my mortgage is 488. Got it. And I got into that property with less than $18,000. Wow. Yeah. Look at that. I know. That's awesome. That's now, what's uh, what's interesting about that, uh, when, you, when you were buying that property, one thing that I do have to say is that you're somebody that takes action, right? Because I remember we were having this conversation yeah. while we were in Boston, this yep. is in 20... Three years ago. Yeah, 2020. 2020. And uh, no, dude, 2021. Really? I mean, yeah, 2021. Oh, wow. And um, we were in Boston and That's you crazy. were telling me, hey, I have this buy box and I'm looking at buying this property in Jacksonville. Great I'm memory. under contract. Yep. And I was like, well, what what are the numbers? Is that What is your financial situation right now? And you asked me, what is, is this property gonna help me like the most in the future? Yeah. And I was like, looking at everything, it is not going to do that. Yeah. What I would recommend is this. And I told you, this is gonna suck, but if you need, but this is the way that I would do it if I were you. Right. And uh, I told you, you need to um, end, uh, like you, you need to basically um, go off contract of that property in Jacksonville. Thanks, I, was I like, lost four grand. <laughs> yes, I was like, you, that will suck, you will lose some money, but it will be worth it. Why? Because the best position for you financially at that time was to get into a property with low money down 
in a property that you can house hack. Yep. And that is the most important part. And Diego was a thousand percent correct. Right mm -hmm. now that property is sitting pretty with well over 100, 150K of equity. Um, literally $18,000 down. I cash flow close to $1,200 a month. And the tenants have been freaking awesome. There was some hiccups in the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, so there were definitely some learning curves, but it was super easy. My property management's 10 out of 10. Um, the other opportunity too that I wasn't aware of that I want all rookies to look out for, when you're going and looking at purchasing your first property, don't just think about long-term rents. Think about other opportunities to be strategic. Think about midterm rentals, short-term rentals, et cetera, and really go dive deep into actually analyzing that demand. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize what I should have, um, but the triplex is actually a fantastic um, option as an MTR. Mm. There's plenty of demand in that area, and it's actually directly adjacent to a hospital. Okay. So one thing that I, I learned actually earlier this year was that if I spent four or five grand in furniture and furnished a unit, I could actually go ahead and more than double my rents per unit. Mm. So my cash flow will more than double if I were to do it on all three. Not saying I'm going to do that. I'll probably only do one, maybe do two, and then keep the three as an LTR. Um, but that just goes to show, I mean, that property could probably net like 2,500 to 3K a month yeah. conservatively with MTRs. Wow. And, you're, yeah. and you were able to put to buy that property, putting three and a half percent down. 18 so, grand out of my pocket. Yeah. On a 50K a year salary. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And then um, that's one of the things that we're recommending a lot of people to do now is to when they're buying a property, analyze what are the different ways that you can cash flow. Right. It's not like, hey, I'm buying this as a long-term rental. Great. But you should analyze this property as a short-term rental, as a mid-term rental. Uh, maybe a co-living type of situation yeah. where you're renting out the rooms just so that you understand all of the different scenarios. Right, right. And that's something I don't even think we really talked about three years ago because I know mm -hmm. midterm rentals really weren't a thing or at least I didn't know about them three years ago. Short-term rentals were a thing, but they were just kind of mm -hmm. like they weren't, I don't want to say they were just getting started, but that wasn't a, a good market for it. So I wasn't really considering it. Um but always be creative. Like yeah. that's where the massive opportunity is. It's yeah. saying this, and a lot of people don't know about midterm rentals right now. It's still very, very niche. Another thing um, is insurance claims. Oh my gosh. Insurance claims. That is a huge opportunity mm -hmm. um, to get super high rents as well. My dad actually does that on his short, short term rental during the slow season. Mm. And sometimes he, he does well with it. I'll just yes. leave it at that. Yes. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. And one tangent that's yeah. really that's really cool is that when you join the mastermind, yeah. right, later you also got your dad involved. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's one of the cool parts because he ended up buying a short-term rental too. Yeah. So yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome because I, I was the one that – uh, in the beginning when I wanted to get involved in real estate and I got to study, I told my parents about it and yeah. they're investors now. They have like over 10 doors. So, yeah. um, so it's, it's really cool. Now this was when I told him was 2011, right? So, so cool. it's been over 12 years now. Um, but, uh, but it's really cool to see both of our parents taking action on the things that we have learned and that we're showing them how did they can do it too. I think that's probably, I mean, other than receiving the monthly cash flow checks, uh, <laughs> I think uh, I, all jokes aside, um, seeing other people, friends, family members take action mm -hmm. and then actually, you know, 
going six months in the future and they're having success and they are like, I had no idea that I could do this. And now I've accrued some equity. Hopefully I'm cash flowing a little bit. It opens up a whole new world. And that is the most rewarding part of this whole journey. Yeah. Without a doubt. It's the ripple effect. Yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So Ward, tell us a little bit how you found that property. What was your, what did your team look like and all of that? Yeah. So first, uh, incredible realtor out in the Boston area, shout out Karina Mejia. Um, her and I were looking for this perfect deal because mm -hmm. <laughs> I had so many tight parameters uh, for almost, I want to say a year and a half, mm -hmm. right? Uh, the market was, everyone was saying the market was terrible because things were overpriced, but the interest rates were like 2%, 3% at that time. Um, but I went through deal after deal after deal and couldn't find anything. I was going to Worcester, which is about an hour from where I was living at the time, mm. uh, minimum once a week for uh, way more, considerably more than 50 weeks in a row. Wow. Um, I was analyzing, when I tell all the rookies, I was analyzing a minimum of one deal a day. So I'd analyzed hundreds of deals within that Worcester market. And I just, when I saw that opportunity, I got a call. Karina was like, hey, come on out. I think this is, I think this is it. And I was like, I've heard that one before. We'll see. Uh -huh. And I got there and I was like, there's no way that this isn't it. Market rents are pretty low. I, it's like right at my pre-approval amount. The property's in really good condition. Mm -hmm. All I had to do is put in like 10, 12K in the third unit. Um, it was really good. One lesson I do want to touch on. Yeah. So as I was going through the closing process um, and I was on my last day, I did a final walk. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I tell this story for all the rookies out there that are doing something where they might have family members that are nervous for them. Mm -hmm. um, I was doing my final walk and I brought a family member with me um, just to walk the property because I was so proud and so happy and I wanted to get their thoughts. Keep in mind, they haven't invested in real estate before. Um, I'll just say that they were really concerned. Mm -hmm. they, they're like, you're too young. These tenants are going to ruin your life, mm -hmm. you know, all these different things. Um, and I had like four hours to decide if I was either going to lose my whole down payment mm -hmm. <laughs> and everything in it and uh, not go through with the deal or if I was going to go through with the deal. Obviously, I went through with the deal, but there was probably an hour there, two hours when I was really new. I was really nervous and I was like running through all the best and worst case scenarios. Um, but that financially is that house has been aside from the other rentals, my, the best financial decision that I've ever made. Um, and just because someone says no, that's in your family. If they don't have the experience, know that you can do it. Mm -hmm. Talk to someone that's done it. Yes. Lean on community members. If it's five community members, if it's friends that are doing it, um, don't do it alone because mm -hmm. it's going to be a lot more scary and you don't have to. Yes. And one of the key things that is important is at the end of the day, our parents, our family, they're looking out for us right. based on maybe the blueprint that they have or yeah. maybe based out of fear because they want to protect us. Right. right. And if they can limit the amount of errors, mistakes, losses that we can have, yeah. that's the goal of our moms, our dads, right? From that's that it. from from that perspective. Yeah. And uh, and sometimes they can impose that on us, but as adults too, we have to make choices on our own. Yeah. And look, if at the end of the day, that deal may not have gone as well as you wanted, at least you can say, hey, mom, I did it. I learned and you move on. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, you just lose money. 
Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, obviously you want to, you want to pr- protect yourself in every way possible. Make sure you have the right insurance. Don't try to, you know, pull a fast one and, mm-hmm. you know, of, <laughs> make sure you, you follow, you follow the guidelines, live in the property, you know, and make sure you have your insurance set up, um, mm-hmm. have good relationships with your tenants, your property management, mm-hmm. do it right. And yeah. you're going to greatly decrease your exposure. So how was the, um, so you found the property, right? Yep. You put it under contract. Yep. What was that process with the inspection period like, especially being yeah. your first property? Yeah. So first thing, this property is super old. It was born, born excuse <laughs> me. It was built uh-huh. uh, early 1900s. Okay. Uh, but that's Dang. normal for the Worcester market. And I've looked at, I literally at that point looked at probably well over 100 homes. Um, so I kind of knew what to look out for and I did a ton of research there. But because of that, I wanted to be really rigorous on the inspection period excuse me, in, during the inspection. So I went there, drove out, walked through the entire, walked through the entire property, got the whole lowdown, uh, met all the tenants and saw a few items that we needed to be replaced. We asked um, to get $10,000 off of, no, it was $15,000 off of the asking. And we ended up getting five, Okay, which was still fantastic. I was happy with it because I thought we were going to get nothing. And then uh, went ahead and wrapped my closing costs thereafter, and that was pretty much it. Interestingly enough, though, with FHA, they are pretty strict on what they allow, at least my lender was. Mm-hmm. And so there were a few things. One thing that was very small, like a um, there was a step outside leading to a side door to a common area that like had this big crack in it or something, and they wanted to see it be replaced. Uh, there was some like paint chipping off the back of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, that they needed to see fixed. So very, very small things. But FHA can be very nitpicky. Yes. The same thing you'll find with an FHA loan and a VA loan. Yeah. Uh, sometimes USDA, but the VA loan is um, for sure is. you need like a termite inspection and all this other stuff. Um, so yeah. those are key things that every that everybody should know. Um, so you went through that inspection process, the yep. appraisal, did the property appraised without any issues? No issues at all. It, it came back $30,000, 30000 higher than we all had anticipated. Look at that. And okay. I, was, I was like, wow, that yeah. <laughs> that works. Yeah. Yeah, 30, it was 30000 over asking. Mm-hmm. And so I got it at four eighty, and it came back at five ten. That's awesome. Yep. Now, what? Um, one of the things that, that, that you mentioned yeah. that... You said you analyze over a hundred deals, right? A lot of deals. And a lot of people would have given up on deal number 10 and be like, oh my gosh, these numbers are not working. I can't do this. I submitted yeah. five offers and what do I nothing do? happened. Uh, but you kept pushing and you were able to get that property. Absolutely. So that is awesome. And you're also working with the right team. Karina, being an amazing realtor, she was able to show you the pre- show you the properties, the places, all of that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, be able to negotiate and also understand when a good deal is going to be, a, a, like when a good deal is a good deal. Yeah. Right? What would you say uh, is the importance of working with an investor-friendly realtor from that perspective? It's the most important thing. And what I see from meeting with a a bunch of um, rookies and just helping them buy their first rental property, the number one problem, or not shouldn't say problem, but the number one thing that I see Mm -hmm. is that rookies will say, hey, I've got my brother, a friend's college roommate, whoever, my friend's sister's brother's friends, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, They're a realtor. And that's fantastic, uh-huh. <laughs> right? But have they purchased a rental property before? In my case, I was house hacking. Mm-hmm. 
So I would only work with someone if they've house hacked a minimum to two to four times Mm -hmm. like that. I'd say minimum twice, Mm -hmm. right? They, because a lot of realtors, they won't, they'll send you deals, but they actually haven't worked with an investor before. Mm-hmm. Right. And you need to cash flow. You need to hit your cash on cash returns. So the things that you're looking for are very, very different than a young family looking to move to a new home. Mm-hmm. So make sure you get the right person because they'll send you the best deals. They'll be on the lookout. It is absolutely the only way to go. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Now, um, what would be one thing then that you would that you would tell a um a person, a rookie investor, uh, somebody who's looking to buy their first property, but they're yeah. still stuck in analysis paralysis or feeling uneasy. Yeah, I would honestly say the, the biggest thing that you can do, one, um, is join a community with like-minded people, right? So you want to make sure that you're surrounding yourself around people that are trying to do the exact same thing that you're doing. Um, that's number one. And number two is you have to set up process goals, mm-hmm. right? So don't make the goal, I'm going to buy a property in six months. Do have the goal, I'm going to do 60 deal analyses in 60 days. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And basically what you're going to be doing is the the process goal is going to be the daily or weekly action items that will help you get closer to acquiring that property. That's really cool. That's really cool because this yeah. is something that not many people do. Very few. Um, but it's something, of course, that you teach that that we teach on the on fine investors to fine investors rookie mm-hmm. um that's one of the reasons too why you're one of the coaches on that one is because the process being process oriented helps you achieve things faster because you know that you have to hit certain metrics those right. KPIs are the things that uh, that make you take action rather than just waiting until let's say you set up a goal in 6 months and then in month 5 you're like oh crap I need right, to get whoa. I need to get to it, right? But if you set those KPIs, those action items to do every day or weekly, then of course you'll be taking action faster. You can do it. And that's that's what's so so important because the biggest thing is your ability, it's two parts. The biggest thing is you need you need to be able to identify a good deal when it comes so you can act super quickly. Mm-hmm. And the first one is your deal flow. Mm. Right. So deal flow comes through relationships and the quality of your realtor, your investment friendly realtor, mm-hmm. and then your oper- and then your ability to actually identify a good deal through running numbers quickly. That's the key. And if you can do those two things, one is the relationship to make sure you have deals being sent to you on a regular basis. And then this, that hits your buy box. Second thing being, you know, this is actually, I'm pulling this from Alex Camacho. Uh, is put a timer on your desk for seven minutes. Mm. A deal comes across your desk. Can you analyze it and give a yes or no with your asking price, et cetera, et cetera, within seven minutes? If the answer is yes, you've definitely done 60 to 70 deal analyses. And if the answer is no, I would probably continue just setting those process goals and analyzing. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. Well, Ward, you've definitely shared some really, really good nuggets here on FFFs, uh, Financial Freedom Fridays. Anything that you would like, anything else that I may have missed or that you want to share? No, I think that's it. I think the biggest thing is you have to keep in mind the first one's the hardest one to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but what I'm seeing now is you get into the first one, you accrue some equity, you pull out a line of credit, and you just you just start rolling rolling them into the next. Yeah. Um, so keep in mind that the first one is the most difficult one. 
And then it's going to get easier and easier and easier as you continue going down that path. And now I'm at, I don't know, seven doors, four properties, mm-hmm. yeah, four properties, seven doors. Um, not only has it gotten easier, but you start understanding the game a little bit better, right? So you start thinking of it more, less like, oh, I want to go acquire a cash flowing rental. No, no, no. It's more about I'm playing chess. What markets do I want to be in? Where do I want to put my capital in? What partners do I want to bring on? Mm-hmm. What strategy are we going to be putting in there? What kind of financing will we do? And uh, you can't have that. You, you can't do that until you you buy your first and your second. Yes, so. yes. And one of the cool parts is as you've grown your portfolio, yeah, right. You have your house hack, yeah, basically that that you bought using three and a half percent down. Yep. You have a short term rental in what market? Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Myrtle Beach with Bryce as a partner. Yep. Then you and I own a duplex here in Austin that we yep. got through seller financing. Love that. Uh, more long term. Rentals. Yeah. Um, and then you have the co-living house that you bought with Dak, who is one of one the of five buddies. rookies yeah. uh, as well. Uh, Dak, um, you you and him partner up to buy that co-living property. Yep. So it's really cool to see the different strategies of how you've been taking action, building your portfolio, and, um, and like on your path to financial freedom. Yeah, absolutely. And now, you know, the next thing that I really think about is What's next, right? Do I want to go more into commercial? Do I want to look at self-storage? Do I want to look at multifamily? Mm-hmm. To be honest, I have no idea, and that's why I'm taking a break. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's good to to see and continue to analyze deals um, in a way that will fit that buy box once you're ready to buy again. 100%. So that's awesome. Well, work. best of luck uh, on, on your journey. And uh, for anybody that is that may have questions uh, about this house hack or the portfolio that you just said, for yeah. anybody that has questions for, for you on your journey to financial independence, where can they go? Yeah, so hit me up on Instagram, W Mahoney, W-M-A-H-O-N-E-Y-R-E-I on Instagram. Um, I have another account, it's W Mahoney24. You can hit me up on either of those. Um, but any questions, please feel free to reach out. We'd love to chat with you. Awesome. Yeah, man. I know a lot of people, especially uh, people that are looking to get their first rental or even young people, right, that yeah. that have that fear. I feel like your story is super inspirational of taking action and making it happen no matter what. Hell yeah. If you're in college, you have doubts or I don't know. If you're if you're a young guy, young girl, and you're looking, hey, how can I get started? Reach out. We can definitely help. Awesome. Awesome. Well, take care, guys, and we'll see you in the next episode of FFF. Thank you, Diego. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Fi Investors Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And share this with a fellow real estate investor who you think would find value in what we do. Until next time. Fi.